Calvary Faithful. This is just to let you know there's more than one way that you can check in on the different types of degree of fuckery we get into. You can go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or just watch us on YouTube or Rumble. Don't forget to like, share, and comment where you can, or just leave five stars on Apple Podcasts. We, we, we thrive on things like absolution from our audience. But see if we can get this steamrolled into something big. We're depending on you. Thank you for watching. Now let us begin. Welcome, Angry Faithful, to Nerd Sports. Today we're going to talk about the interesting tournaments of cornhole. And cornhole, not the actual cornholing, but the country folk cornhole to where you're using a bag or to cornhole is just more than country folk playing it it's entitled frat boys and yes yeah but cornhole is actually a sexual sexual term too so we have to be a little bit more specific on that so i'm just trying to help maria on this one no, even though she's blind in one eye, she doesn't need any help having that picture painted for her. Yes, I know. Okay. Um, so I got an interesting email today. I'm a T-Mobile com- customer, right? Mm-hmm. And on Tuesdays, T-Mobile does like freebies or giveaways for their, for their customers. Uh-huh. Today, as a T-Mobile customer, I was able to redeem and now have mlb.tv which is the premium package free for the entire season that's a 130 dollar value hmm. nice that that is real nice because that, yeah, you, that you is gotta actually download, really you gotta, yeah you got to download the the t-mobile tuesdays app click on the offer it'll say like um i i got verizon so i will never mind well for those of us who who uh don't pay through the nose uh, for cell phone service, you download the Tuesdays app, uh, you click on the offer, uh, go to redeem and then open. It'll have you download the MLB at bat app. And then you just, if you don't have an MLB an account, um, you'll have to create one or you sign into your account. And then you go back to the um, Tuesdays app and you'll open it up and there you click on the link. It'll open up in your uh, MLB, at, uh, MLB app and Boom! There you go. You can yeah, because I was gonna, podcast. I was gonna get the uh, NFL uh, network for a while there, and that's like eighty nine bucks a year. Yeah, well, there's only sixteen, seventeen weeks to their season, eighteen weeks to their season, whatever. But I mean, this is six months long. This is this is one hundred and sixty two games for your team. Um, I forget what the math is and how it works out, but um, let me see here. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 62 times 30 that's 4,860 games uh just for the regular season count one extra game 400 or 4,861 if you count the all-star game um plus the myriad of of spring training games which today should have been the last day of spring training because opening day is in two days people thursday the season starts the stats count everybody has a shot at it everybody's tied for first place at zero and zero you're not um, happy about this, are you? Not one bit, right? Dude, I am one of I am I am I'm of the I am of the regime or the camp that believes firmly that opening day for the major league baseball season should be considered a national holiday. Okay. Because you know, I know people love their basketball, but screw the final four. Forget the trash or the dumpster fire that is becoming the NBA. You know, because we got people like the, you know, King Flopper LeBron uh, just fucking it up for everybody. I and mean, he makes the game unwatchable. He really does. Um, but opening day or opening weekend or opening week, rather, is, I mean, it's it's the hugest rating spike for, for baseball during the entire regular season. There are more people who attend opening day games or opening week games for Major League Baseball than there are for the kickoff weekend for the NFL. Numbers. 
that's proven. It's been proven. Um, and I, I mean, just with, with the collective bargaining or collective bargaining agreement, that's been, um, ratified, everybody's returning to work, uh, the, the abbreviated, or rather, shall I say the, uh, lack of a better term, the expedited spring training, everybody's just itching and ready to go. A lot of players that normally show up to camp out of shape, get in shape during camp. They showed up in shape because they, they didn't know, you know, what the, what the players union was going to do. They didn't know what the, the owners were going to propose, but look for, you know, normally Normally, I would have had something prepared for, um, you know, for today, uh, for this week's show, because I mean, it is it's it's the it's the uh, the opening day, uh, opening day show, basically. Um, let me see here. And. Yeah, it's huh. episode 51. Yeah, yeah. Plus, it's episode fifty. Every year, fifty-one. We should stop talk, start talking about and shit. <laughs> we ought to have like uh, what's his name that uh, Alacropolis guy or whatever it is. Um, Alacropolis. Yeah, you know aliens. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I know. I just like butchered the shit out of his name, but you know it is what it is. Um, you know, I had I had a guy on the show that watched that stuff religiously and just believed heavily on that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah. interesting, but I don't know. Yeah, but um, yeah. So <laughs> there. There was a lot of spring training baseball today. Uh, once I redeemed the offer for my uh, MLB t- uh, TV package. Um, Do you get to see that the- stuff? Yeah. The yeah. spring training? Oh, so it's all. Yeah, it includes the spring training games. Um, they've been offering it free for like the last week anyway. Um, I guess just because there were a lot of people, a lot of fans that canceled their premium packages because of the work stoppage. Mm. You know, you start taking the money out of the pocket pockets of the owners in Major League Baseball itself. It tends to get things moving in the right direction. Now, there's you know? no advertisement on those, is there? Uh, there is. It's because it's it's your team's local broadcast. Okay. Um, the, only, the only thing of it is, is that for like, if if your team, if you live in your team's market, you won't get to see a lot of their games, but you get to see all the other games. Um, because a lot of times your team's market will have a TV package put together where they broadcast their games anyway. So if you're a Red Sox fan, you can't watch it in Boston on that app. Right, because it's a geographical blackout. That is, this is the time frame it, I wish we were and like... Uh, and, it, and it's great for... It's great for people that work... That, 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 use vpns or it's great for guy you know people who travel i was just i was um, just about to say that i was like man too bad we don't have vpn or something like that well the vpn uh you know it'll it'll say like i mean if if you live in your team's market or whatever and you're you're working behind a vpn then i'm sure it's not a big deal um that's like a lot of people that use vpns and they they do netflix on their laptops or whatever or their macs I mean, they, they can basically just say, okay, well, I'm going to be in this country today. And then they can watch that country's version of Netflix. Like England still has the entire Doctor Who catalog on Netflix. Yeah. You know, so. But and we don't. It's, it's so strange. It is. Uh, what was it? I think. I think but it's we HBO have a- Max. I think HBO Max has the Doctor Who's. Yeah. No. Uh, I think so. Hold on. But you know what's actually strange about that is, is the whole fact of we get the most popular show like on there was like uh, a korean show yeah the squid game yeah the squid game yeah and it, it, a lot of korean shows are like popping up on netflix now that or 
Korean shows, Korean movies. Well, you don't see them like so that. much anymore. Uh, they had that one where it was like a space, like a it was a sci-fi space thing, right? Um, I forget what it was called. Um, but they were supposed to like go to the moon or something like that. There was a, a lunar base that they had to go get some kind of like file or artifact from. Anyways, it had uh, a lot I of seriously thought people. you were talking about like uh, what what is it? Uh, space Force. No, no. Space Force. I did watch the second season of Space Force. It was a little <sighs> bit funnier than the first one, but I don't know. It was short, so it was kind of underwhelming. But, um, oh, uh, while we're on the subject of nerd stuff, um, new trailer for Strange New Worlds came out today. It, it's basically the enterprise before took Kirk, Kirk took it over. It's uh, Christopher Pike. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they only have the original stuff, or the but uh, but but but, but 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 the director's edition of Star Trek: The Motion Picture started streaming today on Paramount uh, Plus, remastered in 4K from the original negative, with brand new visual effects. So I'm gonna check that out later. I, I could I could almost I mean I, I could I can I can replay the movie in my head from beginning to end. I've seen it that many times. I'm just looking for the 4K remaster. I'm looking for the new visual effects. You know, I mean it to me it's just you know, because they were kind of pigeonholed by the whole visual effects of the time. You know, granted, this movie came out in 79, okay? So, I, for somebody who grew up on the Star Trek movies. I've never really watched the first one. I mean, you remember when we were at that uh, that Comic-Con doing our first live remote, mm-hmm. right? The booth next to us. Oh, yeah, you got the... I've, I've got the old laser disc for yeah. Star Trek, the motion picture. So, but... um you know, getting back to baseball, um, there were some really cool games today. Uh, now, funny thing between the Red Sox and the Twins, they both, uh, they, they're both of their facilities are in Fort Myers, Florida. And uh, so they have this uh, thing called the Commissioner's Cup, basically, like the county commissioner. Um, so the team that wins the best of series during the spring training between the twins and the Red Sox gets to keep the commissioner's cup, right? Or commissioner's trophy. Well, today was the tiebreaker game. And uh, the Red Sox were up like one to nothing. And then the, the, the twins kind of exploded for six runs, took the lead for most of the game. And then in like the sixth inning or seventh inning, the Red Sox came back and, very grand fashion. Uh, they ended up winning today and took the commissioner's trophy six to ten. Now, what does that get them in the long run? Getting the commissioner's it, it's not it's just bragging rights until next spring. Oh, okay. So, I mean, um, I mean, because today was the last spring training game, so you saw, um, uh oh. <laughs> Sandman. Oh, I get that. Okay. <laughs> um you, with with the towards the end of spring training, uh you start to see a lot of the starters, a lot of the people that you expect to be on that opening day starting roster, a lot of the regular season regulars, uh see them playing through the you know, the entire entire course of the game. Uh, <laughs> you start to see starter starting pitchers go further into the game because they're trying to get stretched out. Um, and, and you really start to see what the other, you know, what, what the clubs are going to kind of be expected to do. Um, uh, I mean, the angels and Dodgers out in Arizona, they're, 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 their game's fixing to kick off here in a little while. Um, Cardinals beat the Mar- Mar- uh, Marlins seven to nothing today. Uh, the Mets got blanked 14 to nothing by the nationals. Uh, the now, is it like, uh, okay, like most preseason games and everything like that? I know for the NFL, is it just like to where they're just using the 
uh, newer players first and hope they don't get hurt or how's that work? No. Out? Um, you're going to see your regulars. You're going to see your stars. You're going to see your guys that have got contracts for the big league club. Um, they're going to be the ones that you see start the game. Um, and depending on what the game situation looks like, the longer that, you know, the further you get into the game, you're going to start to see those guys come out of the game. Uh, so that way they don't risk injury going into the opener. Um, you're going to start seeing a lot of these guys that are still with the teams that aren't expected to make the team, but they're there anyway until the minor league season starts. So they're just in there getting reps, but they're facing big league pitching, right? So it's actually really, really beneficial, not only for the players as far as an experience standpoint, but it also gives the clubs another opportunity to kind of see what their players are going to do, you know, because, I mean, a lot of these hitters are coming in and they're taking at-bats against guys that are going to be on the big league roster for the for the opening of the season. You get to see how they perform against that caliber of pitching, um, what their strike zone discipline looks like, what their base running is looking like, what their defensive skills are going to look like. Um, it just gives it just gives the front office of these big organizations of these of these uh, organizations just another opportunity just to kind of say, all right, get out there, kid, show me what you got. And, you know, we'll, we'll reevaluate, reevaluate you, you know, going into minor league season. Are you going to be double A, you're going to be triple A, you're going to be high A ball, that kind of a thing. Um, it, it's more or less just a showcase for the minor leaguers that are still with the club before they break camp. Um, Spring training is spring training. The, the, those stats do not count at all, period. Um, any home runs, extra bases, strikeouts, things of that nature do not count toward the career totals for the players that participate in these spring training games at all, period. They are exhibition games, uh, more or less. Um, On the expedi uh, expedition games, which is really strange on them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's really strange on those, because I know like most uh, most sporting events do that. I, I just don't get why. Like the NFL, the NHL, friggin' NBA, Major League Baseball. A lot. I mean, these exhibition games are at the beginning. It's their preseason. So you're coming in off the off season. A lot of guys aren't exactly up. I mean, they're in shape, but they're not up to par with what they need to be. Right. So it gives them a chance to knock the cobwebs off from the, from their off season. Kind of like a mulligan. Type not deal. necessarily a mulligan. It's, I mean, because if you didn't have spring training, you're going to get guys come in and they're going to get hurt because they're not stretched out and they're going to be expected to go nine innings for six months, you gradually work these guys into game shape because there's a difference between being in shape and, and being in, excuse me, game shape. Okay. Okay. So, um, I think we've had this conversation like three or four times we have. And I think that your ADHD has just kind of gotten a better view and you've even admitted that you, you, you kind of check out whenever we're doing this show. So I, I am inviting you. I'm imploring <laughs> that you actively start participating in this show because, dude, I'm, I'm sorry. It, it, when it comes to the sports show, I, I don't want to have to fire you as the coach. <laughs> that, that is true. No, yeah. uh, no I, it's, it's one of those things. I keep on asking these questions, not because, you know, I, I know the answers, honestly, but I want the audience to understand that just viewing us right off the bat if they don't know any of the sports stuff or anything like that okay so or they... disclaimer real quick disclaimer if if our listeners are coming in and they're getting their introduction to the sporting world via via me i.e us I, I want you to put your phone your earbuds i want you to put i want you to pause whatever broadcast that you're listening to if you're in your car pull over you're at home go find a mirror and i want you to look yourself in the eye i want you to stare into the depths of your soul and ask yourself a singular burning question what the fuck am i doing with my life <laughs> okay 
Um, but it's also it's also a lot of people that actually love sports and everything. They don't get that that initial reason why sometimes they just like to watch. You know, they don't get into the in depths of it. Humans by nature are very competitive competitive species, and I don't know. I mean, I, I see the attraction of football. I guess I kind of sort of understand the attraction of basketball to an extent. Um, or the cheese bowl competition. The what? The cheese uh, roll cap competition. Oh, the cheese wheel competition. Yeah. Oh, that's just. <laughs> that that is some... those are just drunk Englishmen looking for a good time on the weekend. Um, and if you are listening, and you are a member of, well, if you're a subject of the Queen, my opinions are mine and mine alone. They do not directly reflect those of Angry Me Production. And if you still are butthurt after that, well, then bugger off. Um, no, nah, I just okay, I would just like to say off. one thing about that. Y'all gone. Yeah. I just want to say one thing about that. The fucking Boston Tea Party. We started it. We finished it. So fuck off. There's a lot to be said for an empire that has now delegated itself to a singular island. Just kind mm. of saying. Yeah. You know, the sun used to never set on the British Empire, but now well, it kind of does. Anyways, um, that was kind of awkward. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, but as far as like, you know, opening day, I mean, whether it be football, whether it be baseball, whether it be tip-off for the NBA, whether it be the first puck drop for the NHL, what have you. Um. There's just something kind of magical, kind of romantic about it. Something very simplistic. Um, I mean, yeah, you got a lot of these people that get in there and they do their sabermetrics or they do their fantasy leagues and they just get real technical about it. And, you know, they look at highs and lows and tendencies, pros and cons. Do you sit them? Do you bench them? Do you start them? Do you play them? Do you sub them in? You know, whatever. You bake, boil it down to its basic chemical composition. And, I, and I'm just going to kind of do my opening day monologue. Um, uh, you know, kind of on the fly here. Um, so was there any kind of like uh, news for the NASCAR? You haven't talked about NASCAR that much. Yeah, um, give me just a second here. Um, yeah, let me get into. I actually got to watch a hockey game last night for the first time in a very long time because I, I do the uh, Hulu Plus bundle with Disney or whatever. Because this, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to boycott Disney because just let's face it, I I don't really. I mean, I care, but it's not. Me canceling my subscriptions not going to fucking hurt the Disney Empire. I mean, good, <clears throat> really? Yes, if we speak loud enough in a more united front, they might actually do something about it. No, they won't, because they've been trying to shove their woke politics down our throats for years. They're uh, just, every, every, they're, they're, they're every, just more, they're more brazen about it. Yeah. So, you know, it's whatever. Um, but this week in NASCAR news, I this just came up was the uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, there is. Uh, it's just the new names and ballots on there. Yeah, um, they're they're looking at. Uh, let me do this here. Hold on. Uh, go pop ups. Go the hell away. Now is NASCAR's Hall of Fame like any? The other sports we have to you have stay to be retired for a minimum of five years. And so it's the same as every sport. Yeah, almost. basically. Because um, the Undertaker got Hall of Fame this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he he did his last. It's hard to believe that he had his last match five years ago. Yes, but Stone yeah. Cold Steve Austin apparently wrestled in his last 
match this weekend at uh, WrestleMania at Jerry we World. We should have been a long time ago, honestly. But he ended up winning. Yeah. It was a uh, in-depth. He won. Yes, let's put it that way. Um, yeah, so the new names uh, for the 2023 um, class for the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Um, we're looking at um, five nominees. Uh, let's see here. Let's start with the um, uh, landmark award for outstanding contributions to NASCAR, adding uh, Fran- uh, Lisa France Kennedy, uh, NASCAR's executive vice chair to the ballot. Uh, Janet Guthrie, Alvin Hawkins. Why is she at, wait a minute, why are they putting up a VP? She's part of the France family. So the France family started NASCAR. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, there's she, obviously she's done something to contribute to the sport that has had a lasting positive effect. Um, so, um, Mike Helton is on there. Mike Helton used to be the president, uh, of, of NASCAR, uh, very, very visible face. Uh, he, uh, he was the guy that announced the death of Dale Earnhardt after the 2001 Daytona 500. Um, he, he was really popular with fans for a while there. Um, and then Brian France, uh, Bill France's son, uh, kind of got involved and just, you know, just kind of, there was a ratings drop off for a few years there caused Mike Helton to step away from the sport. But, um, Voting class for the 2023 is scheduled, uh, class of 2023 is scheduled for May 4th. Two inductees will be chosen from the modern era ballot, which includes Neil Bonnet, uh, Jeff Burton, Carl Edwards, Harry Gant, Harry Hyde, Matt Kenseth, uh, Larry Phillips, Ricky Rudd, and Kirk uh, Shelmerdine. Now, if two are going to be chosen from the modern era, my picks Honestly, I would go Neil Bonnet and Harry Gant. Um, and the reason why I say that, no disrespect to Carl Edwards, Jeff Burton, you know, Harry Hyde, Kenseth, Larry Phillips, Ricky Rudd, or Kirk Shelmody. Neil Bonnet, he was one of those old school guys best friend he was best friend ended up becoming best friends with dale earnhardt senior they hated each other at first but then ended up becoming really great friends he died during a qualifying or a practice accident uh during the uh, for the daytona 500 uh some years ago um really affected dale earnhardt senior uh, a lot i mean they were they went hunting all the time they were constantly around each other i mean they were just they were best friends um he was really kind of a hard-nosed racer um now as far as um harry gant harry gant's just one of those legacy names i mean growing up he was he 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 was constantly getting mentioned on the tele on the the tv broadcast um he was uh, usually running top 10 top 15 or if not up at the front he used to run the skull bandit car um if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it, it, it was just, he, he was just one of those names that I just grew up remember hearing all the time. And he was just a really easy kind of a driver to root for. Um, well, it's one of those things. He was actually good at his job and he was actually likable. Yeah. He was a likable driver. Um, now next year, um, I would say Jeff Burton, Matt Kenseth, uh, well next year also too uh what about that lady driver because she what was it like two three years ago maybe patrick yeah hardly hall of fame material the highlight of her nascar career is she led a green flag lap at day at the daytona 500 it was she was the only woman to ever do it okay big deal she never won a race ever I don't even think she came close to sniffing victory lane. Um, not to take away from her talent as a driver as a whole, because she's getting out. She got out there and she ran IndyCar. She won an IndyCar race in Japan. Mm. 
but she's more of a TV personality. I mean, let's just put it that way. I, I think for at first when she was brought into the store, uh, sport, I think it was done as a, you know, as a rating stunt, like, oh, okay, hey, look, here she's this like beautiful driver. And to be completely honest with you, I, it was it was just a ratings grab. Um, she started gathering a fan base. People actually enjoyed watching her race. I got to, I had a chance opportunity on a number of occasions, uh, just for the number of races that I used to go to in person. I got to hear her on the radio. Mm-hmm. And it was never her fault. I mean, and, and anytime there was something wrong with her car, instead of talking to her crew chief to try to help her make her car better, she would scream and yell and just like bitch and complain. And so it's, she would, she would hold her own out there. She was like a mid pack, if not, maybe like a, yeah, she was a mid pack racer. I mean, that was about it. So um, more or less like real life with women. You're going to get me in trouble. No, I'm going to get myself in trouble. All right. So, um, <clears throat> let's see here. Uh, there's also going to be, uh, one will be elected from the five names to the pioneer ballot. Now, these are people that, um, again, they just, it is what it is. They pioneered the sport. Okay. Um, Sam Ard, AJ Foyt, Banjo Matthews, Herschel McGriff, and Ralph Moody. Um, Sam Ard is a pretty popular name. Uh, his, 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 uh, His bid to get in has been gathering a lot of speed. He's been endorsed by Dale Earnhardt Jr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. came out, uh, I think it was yesterday on Twitter, and announced that this is who he is going to vote, you know, who he's voting for. Um, so, um, I actually watched it. Did you ever watch his uh, episode where he was on uh, Joe Rogan? Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah, no, I didn't watch that one. I'll have to go look for it. But it, it was um, actually Dale Jr. has got an, he's got an excellent podcast. It's called the Dale Jr. Download. Um, and he invites people from racing into his into his uh racing sh- uh, race shop right because he owns an Xfinity team, the uh, JR Motorsports. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a studio in there. Um. And it's not always people that he ever got along with or was friends with. I mean, he, he brings people from every spectrum of the NASCAR community. Um, he's had F1 racers in there, IndyCar racers in there. He's had crew chiefs. He's had tire changers. He's had drivers. He's had team owners come in there. Um, and they ask, I mean, they have really like informative conversations. And, and it's just cool kind of hearing some of these stories from like, the golden age of NASCAR when it was still, you know, they'd go and buy a car out of the lot and they would strip it down, put steel plates over the headlights and then stick it out on the track. I mean, when, when it was literally stock cars Um, and you start getting into the technology side of the sport. And I mean, you start hearing from people like Mark Martin, you hear from people like uh, Matt Kenseth or, well, uh, the, the the technology of the sport is actually uh, it, a lot of benefits from it benefits from like the fifties. It benefits like it that. benefits the cars that you and I drive. Yeah, because um, they they started doing front wheel drives with NASCAR, and they found oh, out that no, was, NASCAR has never been front wheel drive. What was the thing they had? It was like the first thing. I'm not sure. You'll have to look that up. But NASCAR has never been front wheel drive, <laughs> rear 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 wheel drive. No power. Um, it was like power. I think it was like power steering. Or some show. Power steering was introduced because I watched this. Power I, steering I, has been introduced on a lot of different circuits, uh, whether it be Formula One, whether it be Indy, whether it be Kart, whether it be Le Mans, whether it be uh, the the Rolex series. Uh, yeah, because I watched I watched a documentary of on what uh what nascar brought and the evolution of the vehicles and everything one day yeah uh nascar has helped well because they use body templates that are similar to production cars right Mm -hmm. crash data 
that is pulled from the black boxes that are now on these cars helps car design or car manufacturers design safer cars um yeah it's an expensive pain in the ass when you wreck your car but like with my wreck for example i should not have walked out of that you saw my car okay um and i shouldn't have walked out of that at all period yeah but with the way that the safety features in that car were designed and the way that that car was designed to crumple, it dispersed the energy of the impact enough to where all I got out of it was some glass shrapnel in my ear, a concussion, and, you know, like a minor case of whiplash and just a sore body, you know, and that's just with a one-point safety harness. I mean, with the one point seatbelt, you know, the normal shoulder belts, right? So, um, you know, for example, with the, with this tragic and, and untimely as it was, uh, the death of Dale Earnhardt Sr. really catapulted safety being a, uh, a paramount, uh, you know, priority in the sport. They started, uh, requiring Hans devices, which is head and neck restraints. Okay. Um, they, they developed the safer barrier, which is uh, a collapsible wall inside of the concrete, you know, on the inside of the concrete retaining wall at these tracks. Um, yeah. uh, roll cage reinforcements. Uh, I mean, with this next generation car that they've got now, it's composite bodies. Um, uh, singular hub you know singular lug nuts on the hub um and then uh you know i've always wondered why they they didn't like for most cars just make a singular lug for the tires (laughs) um a lot of that is because you try to go find a you you need to go try and find a lug wrench for one lug nut singular lugs are about that big around okay we're talking about three maybe four inches okay and require an incredible amount of torque in order to mount the wheel to that you know to uh okay you know to the to the car um five lug nuts four lug nuts is usually what you see sometimes you see six lug nuts on um you know, a lot of the production cars you see, cars and trucks that you see out there, uh, like my Cobalt had four. My Ford Edge has five. Um, but with with NASCAR, it's you see a lot of parity in the sport nowadays, uh, especially with this next generation car, because there was a lot of uh, there's there's a, a lot of parts that you just you can't manufacture at your shop and put on the car. I mean, you get them from a singular source. Um, you can't modify them. You can't do certain things to the bodies like we used to do back in the late nineties, early two thousands, where you start to see these cars kind of get twisted up a little bit and they were specialized for the different track types of tracks. Well, they may have been fun to drive. Um, they were very aero dependent and I mean, but these cars are more reminiscent of the manufacturer's brand. Okay. Chevy Camaros look like Camaros. The, the Mustangs look like Mustangs. I still hate the fact that Toyotas are running the uh, the Camry on the Cup Series. Because, like, you show me a two-door rear-wheel drive, eight-cylinder Camry. Fuck out of here with that. At least in the Xfinity Series, they're running the Supra. So, I mean, that's a sports car. That's a pony car. Great. Awesome. It runs with the Camaros and the Mustangs down on that level. Do that shit up there, you know, uh, up on the Cup side, you know. but um all that aside um you know it's i don't know and it's been an entertaining season so far we're eight races into it and we've got eight different winners so you know it's 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 been a good season the racing is amazing um with this new car uh this week they're going to darlington uh it's a throwback paint uh throwback paint scheme race 
Um, you'll see a lot of really cool paint schemes on cars coming out for this race. It, uh, I mean, they used Arlington as a throwback weekend where drivers and teams can pay homage to either, you know, to, to paint schemes and drivers of the past. And it's just a really cool weekend for the sport. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. himself is, uh, he usually schedules himself one race or two races a year for, with his Xfinity team. Mm-hmm. He's racing this weekend in the number 88 car for JR Motorsports over at Darlington. So that that's going to be a cool, cool race to watch. Um, I, I, I always loved watching Dale Earnhardt Jr. run. I mean, I know he wasn't the most successful driver as far as like wins uh, were concerned. He never won a championship like his dad did. Um, but I mean, I rooted for him anyway. And, and I just, I loved the guy. I really did. Um, and I still do. So uh, I root for his Xfinity team, uh, on, you know, on Saturdays. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I, I love rooting for Hendrick Motorsports on Sunday. So um, even though I'm, I'm a Ford driver, you know, I still root for the Chevy teams. Um, well, that particular Chevy team, just because I've, you know, that growing up for me, it was Richard Childress racing. And then it was, uh, Dale Earnhardt incorporated because when Dale senior died, I mean, cause before Dale senior died, he started his own race team and he gave, uh, Steve Park, Michael Waltrip, Dale Earnhardt jr. Their starts in the cup, uh, under his own team. Um, you know, so, I mean, it was. It was, it, it was really weird. Like the year after Dale Earnhardt Jr. retired, it was like there wasn't an Earnhardt on the track to root for. I mean, yeah, there's Jeffrey Earnhardt. Um, he, he races uh, in the Xfinity Series. And he's okay. Uh, I mean, I follow him on Twitter. And I mean, he's, he's, he's more of an outdoorsman kind of a thing. Um, but I don't know. It's it's just not the same. And we don't have the same type of old school drivers out there, like the Jeff Gordons, the, the, the Earnhardt's. We don't have, you know, a lot of those like old school guys. And even to an extent, Jimmy Johnson at the, at the height of his career, um, which next year, funny enough, <laughs> next year, he will be eligible along with Chad Knauss, who was his crew chief um, during those seven championships they're eligible for the hall of fame next year. That's so weird. Right. And I'm just like, has it been five years since Jimmy Johnson retired? Like surely it hasn't. I mean, I think it's only been three, maybe two, because I know last year, Jimmy Johnson, he went to IndyCar and he ran a partial season or partial schedule running the road tracks uh, in IndyCar this year. He's running a full schedule. Um, Cause they just did an IndyCar race down at Texas motor speedway. And he finished sixth. Mm. which was his best finish ever in the IndyCar series. It's not going to be too much longer before we start seeing his name in victory victory lane uh, for the IndyCar guys. Now, is he going to get out there and compete for titles on the IndyCar side? Eh, maybe not. Who knows? Jimmy Johnson's a smart guy. He'll get it figured out. Um, but it's going to be kind of interesting to see a driver who's actively driving in another series get elected to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. You know, so that'll be kind of cool to see. Um, but yeah, it, it, uh, it's Martinsville or not. It's not Darlington. It's Martinsville is the rule is the race coming up, but, uh, Martinsville is it's, it's cool little track. It's, it's shaped like a paper clip. Um, and yeah, it is. It's, it's, well, I say paper clip like it. Think about a paper clip. It's it's narrower at one end and it's wider in the other. Right? Yeah. Okay. So when you go into turns one and two, it's a really tight turn. Then you go down the back straightaway. It's a half mile track, so it's a short track race, right? But your turns three and four are wide. There, it it takes longer to go through three and four than it does to go through one and two. Now, that presents a unique challenge to pit crews and, and crew chiefs and car chiefs you have to get your car set up for one end of the track or the other be prepared to hear your t- driver talk about how he's loose in one and two or his car is tight in three and four and he's just going to have to learn how to make the best of it and he's going to have to find a line that works for him on both ends of the track without eating up his tires and it, because this is the first time that these cars have been to that track it's going to be a really cool race to watch um I'm not going to get would to actually be interesting. Yeah. Um, 
and just I've got to get you involved. I, yeah, I, I've got to get you to a race, man. I, I told Mindy the same thing. I've got to get I've got to get her to a race. I got to take you to a NASCAR race because I think it's one NASCAR of those things. Race. You've been doing kidding. NASCAR race. Been well, NASCAR. I've been. As an adult, no, no, right. As an adult, because when you go, we're going to go, we're going to do the whole thing. We're going to get there butt-ass early in the morning. We're probably just going to go to Texas Motor Speedway because going to the road track, the Circuit of, Circuit of the Americas uh, in Austin for the road race that they do there, eh, yeah, it's eh, okay, fine. You know, but you they really got don't one in Houston too, don't they? No, they don't. Um, I mean, being in Houston, we're going to be closer to tracks like Bristol. We're going to be closer to tracks like Atlanta. But uh, and, and the closest track to us besides Texas Motor Speedway is going to be Talladega in Alabama. Now, that would be a cool race to go watch. Um, I've been to Talladega once, and that was an amazing experience. But um, are you looking up to see if they have a NASCAR event in Houston? No. Okay, good, because I was about to reach the screen and bitch slap you like a 13-armed 13, 13 uh, you know, Hindu goddess. No, I just saw Maria's tech message from us all right uh, hey maria uh, we're we're uh, thinking about you and praying for you or i'm surprised she saw that with her bum eye <laughs> my god that's fucking hilarious she said when she told me that she heard her eye I said hey you know what the the favorite you know pirate's favorite letter of the alphabet is and she goes r i said no it's the C. <laughs> She's like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, man. But um, anyway, so, yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, I was trying to think here. Uh, let me see here. Kyle Bush last weekend. They've got rules for these cars. You cannot modify the cars you can't do certain things to the cars well he he got penalized for having tape on his grill now what that does is that reduces the amount of air coming in to your car okay um and now you're like, well, wouldn't that hurt him? Well, not necessarily, because if you're thinking about aerodynamics, you get car air passing through that grill. Yes, it cools down the engine and allows you to run. Uh, you know, allows you to run a little bit harder because your engine's not overheating. Yeah. But if you put tape on the grill, t- tape on the grill traditionally creates downforce, front downforce yeah. on those cars, which allows them to turn better through the turn, right? It affects the uh, y-axis. Which yeah, but you're going to overheat your engine because they're, they're not necessarily, snowing. not necessarily. As long as you're running out front and you got fresh, clean air going through what's left of your grill opening, you're not going to over. Yeah, you're going to run a little bit hotter, but you're not going to blow your engine because it's overheating. Um, so, uh, let me see here. So what they did is they made him come back down pit road. Um and remove the tape so that cost him a lot of track position that cost him a lot of time cost him a lot of positions right um so you know just the fact that they tried to make that modification now whether or not they did it intentionally or not i don't know don't really care um I've got my misgivings with, with Kyle Bush. Don't necessarily like him so much as a, a driver. I mean, I respect what he's done in the sport. Um, Isn't the same guy that was having like troubles last, last season with the other driver. Kyle Bush is always butting heads with somebody. Uh, he's always making remarks. He's always trying to piss somebody off. And He's the kind of guy that'll move you out of the way as opposed to race you clean. But the second that you do the same thing to him, he's going to be like, well, all right, I see how he's going to do that. And I'll remember it next time. You know, it's like he can dish it out, but he's not necessarily. The yeah, he can't take it. He's a little it. bitch. Uh, well, just hearing you talk about this guy, I just want to 
you know, give them a couple of shiners. Well, wait till I wait, wait till you start experiencing NASCAR on a, on an adult level. And you, you know, you'll, you'll figure out what driver you want to root for. Um, you know, that's that I'm hands off completely on that one. You're going to figure that one out on your own, but, um, you know, it, it's just kind of getting involved, stepping into that world, kind of, kind of figuring out the little nuances about it, watching the races on TV and, trying to go to as many races as you can in person. Um, you know, when you go to the race, you can actually rent a, a, a set of headphones and a radio. That's a scanner. And you mm. can listen to the car. You can listen to your team, your favorite driver's radio traffic during the race. You can listen to them, talk to their crew chiefs and spotters. And I mean, you can listen to everybody on that team, communicate via the radio. You can't communicate with them, obviously, because they're working. Um, plus, your headphones are not equipped with a microphone <coughs> and they can't transmit. But because um, those radio, the scanners can receive, but they can't transmit. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, I know. So, but it's just fun because you get to see the other side of the sport. You get to see the technical side of it, the strategic side of it, because you got things like fuel strategy, tire strategy, um, pitting on sequence, off sequence. Uh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen like na- uh, IndyCar's uh, button system and everything. And I was like, fuck that. Oh, I know. These are not nearly as complicated. Yeah, because they've, got, they've got digital dashes in the cars, um, but they, they can't make the adjustments to the car from their from their steering wheels. I mean, they've got little things like brake bias that or they can turn their brake fans on and off. Yeah, because those wheels for the Andy car, I think they're probably around 200 to like one hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're a couple hundred grand. So, yeah. Um, Whereas an entire NASCAR race car is about two hundred and fifty to two hundred sixty thousand dollars in its entirety. Yeah. So, but um, it costs as much just to race it for one race. <laughs> yeah, which is why sponsorship is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, um, I got way off track with the with baseball, so I'm going to jump back to baseball real quick, and then we can kind of wrap that up. But okay, you know, as far as the the episode is concerned, really. Yeah, we've been on for about an hour. So um, I got to get back into my baseball, my frame of mind, which, you know, wearing my Red Sox jersey, not going to take me a whole lot. Um, you know, so, I mean, here we are. We're looking at opening day. We're staring it down the barrel. And it's an, it's an exciting time uh, as a baseball fan. Um, not necessarily just a fan of the Red Sox, but just a fan of baseball. Baseball in itself is pure. The game itself is pure. You've got rules. You've got personalities. You've got governing bodies that try to taint the game, try to tweak the game, try to enhance the game because they think that it will continue to grow under their tutelage. And as cloudy and complicated and convoluted as the game may be or may become because of the rules or the bargaining agreements and things of that nature, at its purest core baseball is not necessarily quintessentially american but it's quintessentially human and i say it every year the thing that makes baseball great is that it's a perfect game and what makes it watchable is that we get to see imperfect men play it yeah, that is actually true. We I mean, as see, much we get to see grown men go out on the field for six months, trying to live out their childhood dreams of winning a World Series. There's so many storylines, so many story arcs. Players, coaches, managers. I don't know how you keep up with it, too. We get to see these people go out there and at different stages in their lives, they get to obtain their dream of playing or be participating in the greatest sport that God gave men on its biggest stage. And it's amazing to, to see grown men act like kids at the end of the world series or at the end of a playoff series. And then you look past the field, you look into the stands, you look past the safety nets, you look up in the, in the grandstands, you look in the bleachers, you look in the cheap seats 
and you see people of every walk of life, men, women, children of every imaginable age, spending an evening or an afternoon at the ballpark. And when you walk through those turnstiles, it doesn't seem to matter what's going on outside. Because for those three to four hours, maybe five, if you get there early enough and get to catch batting practice, we're all kids enjoying a game. You may not get to go home with a souvenir of a game-used ball. You're going to get gouged and (laughs) have to put a second mortgage on your home a lot of times to afford the concessions. Bless you. Thank you. But at the end of it, it's about just enjoying yourself. It's about getting lost in the moment. It's about putting the world outside those turnstiles behind you. I used to joke that the zombie apocalypse could break out and patient zero could be running around in the parking lot. I wouldn't care. Just don't bother me when I'm watching the ball game. If I'm in the stands, nine times out of 10, I'm not using my seat because I'm standing up and I'm cheering. I'm watching the game intently. I'm enjoying time with my kids. I'm enjoying time with my dad. I've had the opportunity to take my fiance to a game. And soon here in the next couple of months, I'll have the opportunity to take my wife to a ball game. From that side of the, uh, from that side of the handrail, outside of the foul lines, the game is about family. Whether you go see a minor league game, whether you go see a high school baseball game, or you're just enjoying your kid's little league game, baseball is pure. And in two days, we get to hear the two most magical words ever uttered by a human being. Play ball. That is my opening day monologue brought to you on the 51st episode of of Angry Me Productions Nerd Sports. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you for enjoying this journey that you've been barked upon with us for the last 51 weeks. I know I know a lot of our shows, at least specifically as it relates to the nerd as as it relates to nerd sports, haven't been exactly Pulitzer Prize, Grammy winning, you know, or even SB worthy. Honestly, I've I've listened to a lot of other podcasts and everything, and I'm like, oh, we're not doing that bad. Well, <sighs> I'm especially just ones speaking, that have been like a thousand. I'm speaking from a very self, I don't want to say i'm my own worst critic yeah so very rarely will i go back and listen to our shows i know that that should i should because it'll help our listen count you know our 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 listening listeners our our our, um, play count or whatever views listens what have you i just don't we're actually a lot popular on uh compared to like youtube and everything i wouldn't even look at the youtube stuff i look mm-hmm. at it it's like oh, okay we got this and then i look at our actual podcast listens and everything and i'm like we're actually doing a decent job that's where a lot of people listen to us at what is she <sighs> but you know it's humbling, you know, because we look back and we see, you know, I see when you get the shows po- uploaded, Nerd Sports episode, you know, week 52 is going to be coming up this week, you know, or, you know, next week. And I'm like, man, you know, for something that I didn't really think was going to last too long, you know, I thought, I thought maybe after six months we were going to kind of get tired of it, but it just kind of, at least for us, for you and I, it just kind of grew a pair of legs and it just kind of took off. And yeah. It's it's been fun. I mean, at the very least, I mean, well, it helps. Like it, really... it helps with my idiocy 
of <laughs> not knowing sports and asking. It's not like, idiocy. It's called ignorance. So if you're going to call it what it is, at least name it by the right thing. It's just ignorance. I mean, that's, I mean, and there's yeah, nothing okay, wrong yeah. with being ignorant. I mean, because there's a lot of people that are ignorant to a lot of things. Hell, I'm ignorant to a lot of things. But I mean, I look at not only the nerd sports show, but I look at our psychos and sociopaths. I look at our what the hells. And I'm like, we're just two dudes hanging out and just talking shit to each other. And we're trying to sound educated. And, you know, but for me, at least it's been fun. Yeah. And. You know, I, I've I've gained a really great friend in you, you know, in the process. And if I take nothing else away from this show, it's going to be that. Now, before we get too far into wrapping up this week's show, uh, let me see here. <laughs> it is time. As soon as he answers his text. Come on. Look at your phone. Look at your phone. Like he can hear me. Colin, look at your phone. Read your text message. Tell me that you're ready. Come on. Here we go. Here we go. Let's go, dude. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know what? I'm just going to call him. Oh, he better not stand me up and, like, miss my call. Bro. FaceTime unavailable. Hold on. Uh... Let me do 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 do. Oh, there he goes. Hey, bud. Gabriel. Oh, okay. So Gabriel is my nephew. They play video games together a lot. Well, no, I was just playing video games. He, he's called me. He, he has called me like uh-huh. 15 or more times today. Okay. Well, so we're recording right now. And uh, are you ready with your joke? Yeah. Okay. Give me just a second. Let me, let me give you the proper introduction here ladies and gentlemen i i uh i present to you this week's episode or installment of joke time with colin a sink uh, a hand drop from a single mom a milkshake all right on that note i'm david wait 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 wait. all right but I'll talk to you here a little bit, okay? Okay. All right. I love you, buddy. Love you. <laughs> Later. <laughs> you made that. I did. I made that. Victory. So, yeah. <laughs> a hand job from a hot milk. Yeah. Or from a hot mom, a milf shake. 
Yes, sir. Okay. He, you know, he's going to be 13 this month. I will God. officially have another teenager on my hands. Is it? Yeah, it is 13 when they turn teen. Yes, you know, hence the teen at teen, the end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm Johnny Skelton. I'm David Dickerman. Thank you for watching Nerd Sports, episode 51. 51. Victory.